0: The Gene Shepherd Show. In five seconds, exactly ten fifteen PM Eastern Standard Time. Got to adjust all the controls here when you're taking off in a fantastic machine like this. When you're setting the fire under this enormous 707 of the line, you've got to adjust the controls. Yes, sir, that's my baby. No, sir, don't mean baby. Yes, sir, that's my baby now. Oh, by the way, for those of you who have wondered, there is a motion picture that's based on old Shep. We won't say any more about it. Yes, sir. That's my baby. No, sir. What's the matter? Don't give me the look. I say stay away from chicks that are going to give you the horns. Yes, sir. That's my baby. No, sir. No, maybe. Yes, sir. That's my to Get everything ready here. Let's go. Bring it up big. Let's hit him right in the air with a dare. Is everybody happy? Ah, George. Ridiculous way to earn a living. Mother keeps calling up and asking me when I'm gonna get a job. Yes, sir, that's my baby. Bring it up, baby. Hit it hard. By the way, so does Mr. Leader here, the managing director of this fiasco. He does the same thing right up. out there. You got your equipment working? Everybody got the volume turned up there? Get the tone. I want you to adjust your tone control so the shepherd sounds like he has a fantastic, rich, ripe, beautiful, miasmic voice. Hello, 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 hello Tessin. Hello. As a matter of fact, I have a tendency to call the radio the chutzpah horn. Turn it up there, we'll start doing everything there. Oh, speaking of what's I can't figure this one out. Uh, it's a, uh, you know, some, some of the, the inexplicable is, is, is always what throws you off the base when you think you've got life figured out, you know, you've got it all put down in one little book. Gee, I wish I was one of those people. I really wish I was one of those guys that could put a sign over his desk that says, think. And he actually believes that he's going to. You know, I just, <laughs> I wish I, 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 I've i always thought about that sign, think, you know. That's a dangerous sign. In fact, I've thought of a cartoon that um, I'm going to pass out free to any cartoonist out there. It shows these guys, see, and they're sitting in this fantastic big office. And uh, one of the other guys, one of the guys, two of them, see, and one is putting up the sign, see, that says, think. And the other one's watching him, and he says, are you sure? That's all. And you can see this big factory out there, see? <laughs> All right, let's have a little swingeroo here. Let's go, man. Let's go. Bring it up there, pink. Is it true what they say about Dixie? All night long, riding in them old Model A's, driving up and down the highways. In your One, Hudson's, wearing your white, your white robes. Is it true what they say about Dixie? Throwing all them Molotov cocktails all the night. Yes, sirree. Is it true what they say about the KKKKK? Is it true what they say about the old mammy, old Dixie? Da-da-da-da, swanee, swanee river, mammy. I'm gonna go back one day to old Dixie. I'm gonna go back going to go back, but I'm going to be doggone sure I got a return ticket in my pocket. Because he's going to get me, and he's going to tire in me. He's going to burn me at the stake, and he's going to light a cross in my yard. Is it true what they say about Dixie? Is it true what they say about that? You can dog dog well betcha. It's true every word of it. And it is true all the way, all the way. Is it true what they say about the old South? Is it true what they say about the decadence, decadence? You can smell it on every corner. Is it true? You bet it, it's true. La-da-da-da-cha. Cha-da-cha-da-cha-da-cha-da. Ba-ba-da-da-da-ya-da-ya-ya-ya-ya. Is it true? Is it true? Is it true what they say about Dixie? Ba-ba-da-ba-ba-ba-da. You guessed that. a lot of do-do-do. Ba-ba-ba-do. It's Marquesu. Segway, and once again, we go out of that great Resinities, world where it's all happening. And now, listen to Hang me. on there. Here we go. My clear skin. Don't feel bad. Keen teen. Be one of the crowd. by Pimbalon. Adds blotches and blemishes to the clearest of skins. Pimbalon comes complete with tiny applicator in 30 days supply of red paint if clear skin persists. See your dermatologist. Back to Rollville now on a KOS Radio predicted hit. Chaos Radio. Good. Channel 6, 4, 12, thirds and a fourth. Picks the hits for all you kids out there. It's little Davy Falcon and his nuclear recording of Oh Emily. Davy Falcon and Emily. And speaking of nuclear, here's this week's Speedy Clip Quip: definition of a bachelor, a man who isn't married. <laughs> K.O.S. Newsroom, this news is happening now. Washington, inform sources on credit for the children's one-time job. We're trying to avoid weed-boot. Coyle, drop the bomb. Pishon, Pennsylvania, boys, the truck of corporation, western, the doorbeats, right? We're out higher wages, better working criminals, and the right to lick all pams. On the local front, police chief, Cesarana, Cappos, a crowd with the man, and Mickey Cohn, don't break the devil, and Frank Costello's mother. Oh! <laughs> KOS Engineer has just been shot to death here in the big chaos newsroom. The news when it happens, from where it happens, even if we have to make it happen, even if there isn't any on KOS. Don't get the blues, get all the news, we mean all the news, guys out there in radio land, on KOS and KOS AM. Woo, <laughs> woo. Well, I see by the old clock on the wall, there's a dead fly. And that means we got a go for half a mole before part two of the Speedy Clip show. So now, let's turn it over for a moment to today's teenage guest is jockey. It's all yours, fella, and don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. Don't be rocky. You're our teenage guest is jockey now. I'm forever playing devils. Why don't they close the door? You know, speaking of closing the door, I just know it's the inexplicable that, uh, that throws you off your dogmatic trail. Oh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, do you have any uh excuse me, uh do you have uh uh I think on that first one that we used in there, is it true what they say about Dixie? I'd like to bring that out as an LP. You know? Instead of the walk and talk and blues, it's the yell and scratching it's the yell and scratchin' blues. Little oh, Shep will sing it out through his nose and accompany himself on the kazoo. All right, now, uh, uh, if you have something else in there, how about um, something other, uh, something perhaps out of the great fantasy world that we all inhabit, would you please? Uh, how about the, the, the one about the islands? You got that in there? Just look on at the on the uh, cover there. Because, you know, I, I've uh, I've often felt... Found... No, 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 he's got it, not you, Lee. He's got it. There it is, there it is. All right, sneak it in there. Sneak it in Ah, here it comes, them old purple lights, those old blue lights, swinging out over that old magic ballroom that all of you inhabit in your dreams, that great revolving ballroom with the sparkles and the spangles, yes, serene, and if you look carefully, you can see that old drummer sitting there, beating away on a bass drum with the lights, concealed inside with a great waterfall flowing down through the beautiful South, Oahu, Hawaii, yes, is it true what they say about the South Sea Islands? You can doggone well betcha, it's got leprosy, it's got malaria, uh, mosquitoes, malaria, and all the rest, and a few other things that you lose a lot of service time for if you ever get caught with... And once in a while you do get caught with but I understand it's no worse than bad cold. They give you a little penicillin. It's all over. Is it true what they say about those beautiful South Sea Island peonies? Yes, sirree, it's true, every last word of it. Oh, mammy. I want to see you once again, Mammy. Down here on my knees, I'm waving my white gloves in your eyes, Mammy. Why don't you done not listen to me, Mammy, and send me some dough? Mammy, you got all that dough stashed away under the mattress. You ain't, you ain't let go of it, Mammy. Oh, someday I'm going to come out there, Mammy. I'm going to go home, back home, Mammy. I'm going to see you once again, Mammy. I'm going to grab you by the neck and take that dough, Mammy you kind of like my singing, don't you? (laughs) Now, you reset that. I'm going to use that. Uh, This radio station believes, of course, in public service. You have no idea how we believe in public service. However, it's how we define it that there's trouble. And... uh, Like, for example, I know one radio station that defines public service as making money. Oh, yeah, you know what they're, what what they say? Oh, I've heard them say it. They say, listen, I'll say, look, after all, what is the American way of life based on? Capitalism. It's based on free enterprise. It's based on keeping the dollar moving freely from one hand to the other. The whole structure is based on trade from one man. One man makes a shoe, and he takes it down, and he sells the shoe. And then he takes that money, and he goes out, and he buys himself a nobby gun. And then he takes it. Uh, the whole structure, see, is based on men working together and selling and making dough and advertising the whole scene. And so this radio station takes great pleasure in contributing its part to the fantastic public service of making dough. And for the next one hour, we'll make dough. You got the is it time for them there? All right. Okay. So this radio station, recognizing its fantastic public service. <laughs> You'd be surprised what I just crumbled up there, friends. I better straighten it out, though. They might ask me for it. I know a guy who looked for... Well, it doesn't matter. I know a guy that burned a Social Security card in protest. He's getting old," he says my George. "He's not going to stand still for God doing that to him." Speak of God. This is W O R A M and F M New York. Hit it, hit it, Charlie. Hit it. There. I mean, the nice thing about movie making in Hollywood today is that you can throw away the book, but pick up the New York Times for real Hollywood news. Peter Bart, the Times reporter in Hollywood, tells why that news is so exciting. Hollywood has opened up and allowed in people with ideas. A lot of younger writers, directors, and performers, even producers, you no longer have that rigid studio setup where every bit of casting and the final cut and uh, the storyline had to be approved by a studio tycoon. A movie now can be made really with an extraordinary amount of independence. And you can have a, a director really pick his cast and not a studio. And a writer would do a script without having everybody tell him what he can or can't say. So there's a lot of ferment, and this is one of the important stories to write about. And read about every day in the New York Times. If you're without it, you're not with it. For home delivery, call Murray Hill 7 That's MU 7 Oh, excuse me. We're on the air again? Oh, I'm sorry. This is our public service time. Oh, yes, we have with us tonight uh, Rover, the Rover 2000, which is a majestic automobile. And for those of you who, for years, have, feeling, have been feeling that you've been losing your identity to your car, your car's more got more guts than you have, it's got a jazzier name than you have, I mean, you know, what are you going to do when you're driving around in a car called Electra GTO Slash 2 Slant Grand Prix, and your name is Charlie Applerot? Crying out loud. Wouldn't you like to have a car that restores your identity instead of destroys your identity? The Rover 2000 will do exactly that. Who doesn't feel superior to anything named Rover? I mean, Rover. Come here, Rover. <laughs> Kick him in the behind. Oh, oh Rover. Harry. Yeah, that bone there. Who doesn't feel... And not only that, this is a car that will take you over the landscape at speeds you wouldn't believe at unexampled, unparalleled safety. And... Uh, it ain't cheap. No, it isn't. This is a this is a real fine piece of machinery, actually, and uh, I suspect that eventually, in the next four or five years, more cars are going to be based on the Rover 2000 than any other car on the road today. English Rover 2000. Hit the button in there. We've got one more little whoopee there. Like the taste of real draft beer? Now you can take it home with you. Peels did it. Put real draft beer in 12 ounce cans. Try it yourself. You'll agree. It's really draft beer in a can. And it needs no refrigeration until you're ready to drink it. The only thing we didn't put in the can is the atmosphere of your favorite tavern. I don't know whether he knows about my favorite. Well, that doesn't matter. Let's, should we get back to reality now? <laughs> Excuse me, I got a tune up here. Very good, it sounds very good. Uh, Jasmine. Mm-hmm, very good. Mm-hmm. All right, now uh, once again we return to re- I, I, It's it's inexplicable. That's what that's what throws us off base. I have always admired people who. Had a set of rules, who believed in a certain set of behavioral patterns, and who really were convinced that they knew what life was all about. I've always admired those people. And would you please give me a little of that uh, island of music in there? And tonight, this radio station, that's very good. I don't know where you got that, but that's fantastic. Excellent. This is this is wonderful salute music. And tonight, this radio station, in its unbelievable desperation to find something that it can call public service, salutes all of you people out there who are, and certainly you're the minority, and we believe that the minority should always be heard. We salute the true believers. Wherever you might be. Those of you who are totally convinced that whatever it is you believe is unassailable, impregnable, and right, we salute you. And we also say, gee whiz, how'd you get that way? It must be nice. Hey, that's a heck of a salute. That's great. That's very good. All right, fade it out before it sucks me under. There we go. It's got me by the knee. Yeah. I'll tell you what you do. You just keep that. That reminds me of something. You just keep that piece of music up there, that one. Reset it there, because we're going to need that. Yeah, I've always felt uh, a little inferior around people who can trot out maxims and point to them and say, See, that's what it's about. Like, uh, for example, you know the guy that can point out and says... uh, uh, Gee, come to think of it, I can't even think of one single maxim. That's a rotten mind for you, isn't it? You know, I've, I don't know why it is. Ever since I was a kid, you know, I, I've, I've always had the... Uh, my mind erases those things. Because I, I had an aunt who always ta- who talked in nothing but quotations. My aunt had a biblical quotation that fit every given situation. Believe me, if the, if the bread was... If she got the bread from the store, you know, and it was it was stale... She would say, Ah, Hosea 2, verse 7, Thou shalt not eat this thou stalest bread. Thou has been takenest again, according to St. Paul. Holy smokes, you know, it went on and on. And I, I've always felt how, oh, what a great thing it must be to have a maxim to fit every given situation, even if they are mutually uh, contradictory. That's the kind of mind I like. The guy that'll say to you, Yep, penny saved is penny earned. That means play it safe. And then the next thing he'll say is, uh, nothing ventured, nothing gained. And then you say, well, that means taking all your pennies and putting them on number five in a third race, doesn't it? He says, nope. Penny saved is a penny earned. Then I say, well, yeah. Gee, where do we go from here? He says, well, look before you leap. I say, oh, I see. That means look at the poke-board carefully before you lay your dough down on number five. Penny saved is a penny earned, and we go round and round and round like that until finally there's a big neon sign that says "Think." Think in terms of cliches. I, I think. I think. <laughs> I think most people call thinking trotting out various maxims. It's like, uh, have you ever thought of life as a gigantic multiple-choice question? Or, or uh, yeah, multiple choice. You just choose one of four, except none of the four ever fit. Yeah, that's why, you know, that I almost got thrown out of a classroom one time for saying exactly that? I don't know what happened to me. I had a terrible time. I came back from the Army. You know, you did, too. You did. You came back from the Army. I came back from the Army, see? And uh, I'm taking this history course. And uh, they gave me, you know, they, they give you these multiple choice questions, 50 choices and all that. It's, it's, it's a midterm exam. And it said... Uh, The Carpathian War was caused by, one, uh, evil generals. Uh, Two, uh, an avaricious, uh, powerful dictator king named uh, Hunrath the Bald. Uh, Three, it was caused by uh, the weather was bad. Uh, Four, it was caused by book three of the History Library series. And I'm sitting there, and I start to laugh. I said, it wasn't caused by any of them. Them guys just wanted to fight. That's all. You know what happens? And the guy came back and says, one of the four, please. One of the four is the correct answer. I said, but if, you know what? What do you mean, uh, angry, rotten generals? I, I never saw a war caused by generals any more than crime is caused by cops. You know? He says, smart guy? I said, well, no, actually, I was, I'm a D-minus student, but... <laughs> give it, please give me a little more of that uh, South Sea Island music. South Seas, please. There it comes. Excellent. Bring it up there big. And tonight we salute all the guys who never have any trouble with multiple choice questions. Who can always pick number three. And they know that they have got at least a 25% chance of being right on everything they say. Just pick it out there. We salute all of you guys out there who are never driven all of a sudden wild laughter with no explanation in the dark of a soul. Deep in the heart of the night of living and existence. So we salute all you guys out there who believe that the answers really are on the multiple-choice question list there. All right, George, it must be wonderful. You guys ain't going to have any trouble in life. It's too bad, though, that life isn't that neatly put down, you know. Choose one of four. Mary Ethel, Mary Mabel, uh, buy yourself a pink sweater and an afghan, and uh, go out and look for a guy named Dickie. Uh, number four, become a deep-sea diver. Choose one of four, Please. Very good. Very good. This is a sick Monday. What's happening here? Not going to get anywhere this way. Yes, eh? so, inexplicable. No. You know, when you're faced with it, you got to face right up to it. Now, like the, the mail came in this morning and I get in this letter. Well, actually, you know, I've got two or three reports of this. Kid wrote me. He says, Shepard, I don't know what to do. He said, I'm, you know, I'm a kid. I'm in high school. Which is bad enough, I say, parenthetically. I've been in high school. I know what that can be. you know, real drag, you know, people walking around blowing tubas and sitting there making relief maps of Peru out of salt and all that. Ah, yeah, this is jazz, you know. Fooling around with Latin trying to read, you know, crying out. Who's geometry? Anyway, this kid, he he writes me, he says, Shepard, I'm in high school, you know. And he said, I come home from school. He said, I couldn't believe it. I get in the mail here. I get in the mail of an offer, an unparalleled offer, and I want you to know it, and I want you to tell me what it means. And uh, here he encloses his offer, and it says, dear friend. <laughs> I like printed letters that come. You can see they printed them up, you know, like 200,000. It says, dear friend. Dear friend. By George, you know, when I look at my hand and I try to count my friends, you know, I look at my hand. yes sir I wish I had a friend I mean you know that I could write a letter to and say dear friend anyway it says dear friend has it occurred to you that that word now means exactly the opposite of what it did mean that only people who are not your friends can you write a letter that opens up saying dear friend that if you ever wrote a letter to anybody you know who is a friend of yours and you started out by saying dear friend they said what's up him huh what's the matter with that one I mean, you started out, and really, I'm serious, if it, ever, if it ever, if you ever started a letter like that. And in those days, in the days of letter writing, you know, Thomas Jefferson did do that big scroll, Dear Friend. And he's writing to George Washington. Dear Friend. And underneath he would say Thos, He would write T-H-O-S, you know, with a big thing under there. Wouldn't you love to have signed a declaration of some kind? Just, you know, wouldn't it have been great to sign a declaration or a manifesto or a white paper? Something like that. Issue a statement. Crying out. Some are chosen. The rest of us walking around and spit. Well, here we are. It says, dear friend. And uh, you want to hear, how much time do we have in there, huh, baby? Oh, you put the whammy on me. Now you're giving me a two and a half hour show, huh? Okay. <laughs> oh, boy. Have you ever had a feeling that somebody has got a hex on you? Has that ever occurred to you? You know, I, that, that, by the way, gives me another idea for a cartoon. It shows this guy, and he's in this office, and he's lying on the... He's he's, uh, he's stretched out there, see, on the psychiatrist's couch, lying there. And all around the walls, you can see these certificates and diplomas with little badges on them, University of Vienna. so all there, you know. And you see this man sitting behind his little... Sitting there on his little swivel chair, and he's got his pad he's looking at this guy, and it's a perplexed look. And he says, you know what I think? You have got a hex on you. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a rotten person. <laughs> have you ever considered the fact you might be jinxed? Well, I, I would like to put this out as a serious proposal. Have you ever thought maybe that you're jinxed? That that, uh, that there's a whammy on you. Well, no, no. Wait a minute. I don't know. Laugh. There was a thing. I I remember the, now. Your laugh. Oh, look at that. Oh, everybody's snorting through his. Yeah, but then, otherwise, if you weren't, how can you explain your rotten situation? Don't tell me it's your beautiful soul and the rotten, crummy society doesn't really appreciate beauty. And don't give me that jazz. No, no. There must be something else to it. They say I I. You know, when I was a kid, I don't know whether you had this thing going, but we had a thing where it was it was said by other kids who knew more about life than we did that if you stepped on a crack coming home on the sidewalk you know you're hopping up and down you step on a crack you would uh, not only break your mother's back but you would also be doomed to eternal bad luck for the rest of your life well I want to say this no no and I, 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 I when I'm a kid you know when you're a kid you, you're just naturally skeptical you do you walk around Oh, sure. I mean, the most common remark that I remember was a kid was, Ah, so's your old man. Typical kid remark. Gets right to the heart of it. And the ironical part of it, it was quite true. So was his old man. That's the way the old man was, too. You know, a klutz. So's your old man, Pruner! And I could hear his old man falling down the stairs dead drunk, yelling and hollering. And Bruner turns around and hollers to me, "Yeah, double on you, so's your old man. Yeah, double on you, rotten." And he was right. My old man was that way too, in his own way. He didn't get drunk or anything like that, but he used to sit for hours and stare off in the distance, and he would uh, put paper clips together, just sit there and try to figure out a system. He never did. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me. Would you please give me mice? My uh Latin American music in there. My fantastic salute music. That's not really Latin America. That's salute music. Bring it in there, big, big, big. Come on. Hit it there. That's my headhunter music. Bring it in there. Come on, hit it. That's very good. Yes, sir. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Sailing over the old beautiful ocean. In my little leaky boat. Take you, John. My sails are ripped. The ropes are busted. My anchors, the dragon, da-da-cha-cha-da, So tonight, this radio station also wants to salute any of you out there who have discovered a system, an infallible, beautiful system, and you really believe in it. A system that will bring beauty and truth, life, liberty, and happiness to all the little people, wherever they might be. We salute you. Whether you believe totally, completely, utterly, thoroughly in capitalism, or whether you believe thoroughly, totally, completely, utterly in communism, we salute you. You are the believers. And without you, things would probably be better. <laughs> Yeah, cha cha I'll never forget the other day. My doctor, I'm on the phone, see. And he's coughing and wheezing. He's got a cold. And I said to him, Hey Frank, I have become such a big guy I can call my doctor by his first name. How do you like that? I said, Hey Frank. He said what? I said Frank, you got a cold. Why don't you do something about it? He said what? What? What, what do you mean? <laughs> it's just a cold. I said, well, Frank, you ought to do something about that cold, Frank. He said, what do you suggest? I said, well, why don't you see a doctor, Frank? I so? Well, I'm Christian Science, you know. Bring it up there, big. I probably got the only Christian Science doctor in the history of the Western world. That's very ra Excellent. a ra a cha ra ra cha. what ra ra da cha da 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 what I don't know why I told that about him. That's going to ruin his career. Well, he's only got three patients now, anyway. He's got me and his two kids. Well, let's see. You know, I'll tell you what I like about him, though. He's the only doctor I know that comes out honestly and does it. Yeah, I went to him for three or four times. I had this little thing, you know and my knee was hurting or something and I and he couldn't find out what it was and finally I went there one night and he says okay he said well we might as well really do something about it he turned out all the lights and about thirty seconds later he jumped out of the bathroom wearing a gigantic mask with horns and uh, he had this stick and had a skull on the end and he jumped around like mad he was throwing all kinds of little incense and all over and you know that 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 pain in the neck went away in thirty seconds just like that we went down had a beer afterwards I says, Frank, why don't you take that over to, say, Bellevue? And, I mean, tell him about this. He says, ah, oh, you know those guys down there crying out loud. Give me a little more music. I want to salute all them guys that are really doing it. Give me a little more of that. And you know that my leg has not hurt since then? Well, we had this thing. Cut it there. Cut it there. Time is running short in life and everything else. We had this thing. See, I'm a kid, and I'm jumping around. And I remember, I remember the day specifically. It's funny how one day will stick out in your mind. One crummy little nothing day. You know, nothing happens. You just remember it. And I'm coming home from school, and the weeds were about 30 feet high on each side of the, each side of the sidewalk. And it was one of those those uh, sidewalks cut through vacant lots and junk, and the weeds and the grasshoppers were jumping all over me. And uh, I could see the crickets jumping out, and the frogs and everything was yelling out of the bushes. And I'm running along, and I could feel the uh, I could feel the spider webs, you know, they were making spider webs across the across the weeds, and it's hot, and the sun is beaming down. I'm running along, and there's a another crowd of kids running along. You know, the kids were all like like lice coming home from school, and uh, I'm running between these uh, two banks of weeds, and I'm hopping up and down, running and hollering and bouncing and throwing a ball and kicking a rock and and uh, rolled a marble, you know the whole jazz you do when you're coming home, and all of a sudden I says, yeah, I'll do it, and pow! I stepped around on a crack about five times, jumped up and down on it. And it was a scientific experiment, actually. And uh, I jumped up and down, it was the probing mind, and uh, I jumped up and down on this crack about three times, and then I ran, and all of a sudden I got a fantastic fear that I might have scored, you know? And uh, that maybe it happened, see? So I ran, and I was jumping like like mad, trying to avoid all the cracks from that time on home. And I tore up the front porch, you know, and in through the front door, and I ran through the living room. and Hey, Mama! Mama! Hey, Mama! And she isn't in the house. She's out. Oh, wow, she's going. They must have taken her to the hospital. Oh, wow. And I run down the back steps, and there she is out in the backyard, hanging up clothes, see? And I say, hey, Mama! She says, what's the matter? nothing, <laughs> I could see, you know, she's walking around, yelling, picking up clothespins, chasing cats and mice and all that junk, you know, like you do in the backyard, and her back was okay, and I figured, well, I must have stepped on the wrong crack, I must have stepped on the wrong crack, and so I go out, and I'm walking around about ten minutes later, and I start jumping up and down on cracks, and, you know, I'm, I'm inside of the experiment, see, now already I've, I've, I've forgotten the fear. I jumped up on about 10 or 9, 15 or 20 big cracks in the sidewalk, and my mother's back continued to be okay. Fine. Yeah, well, I'm going to tell you one thing. It did not occur to me as a kid. Totally eluded me. There was more to that slogan. There was more to that deep truth. There was more to that belief than just, if you step on a crack, you'll break your mother's back. You know what the rest of it was? It wasn't until years later I learned what the rest of it was. And you will always have bad luck. Well, now, it could very well be I have begun to discover that the first half of that thing was all wet, but the second half... I wonder how many guys inadvertently out there have stepped on cracks on sidewalks without knowing it. I'll bet... uh, Listen, I'll bet Ed Sullivan never did. How do you think he went all the way? He got no talent. He stands up and yeah ah, ah, looks at him, Talent? I ah, that guy writes. My grandmother writes better than he does. I know she's left-handed. And, and you know, I mean, the talent. And look, he went all the way. This guy makes more money than all the presidents in the next 500 years will make combined. Being president, Ed Sullivan makes it in one season. <laughs> talent. He never stepped on a crack. That's what. All the rest of us stepped on cracks. Listen, as a kid, I used to deliberately run under ladders. Now, the reason I did this was because, as a kid, I didn't know what bad luck meant. I always figured bad luck meant losing the ball game, you know, on Saturday. And once in a while, I'd lose. I figured, well, I did. I walked under the ladder scene. That's what did it. And so the next week, I would, you know, I would walk around ladders. And We had a thing where you uh, you had to spit twice on the fence. and you begin to develop all these little things. You know the ball players believe exp- completely in this. Oh yes, uh, you know I- I'll give you I'll give you a brass beagle with a bronze Oakley palm. If you can tell me the name of the of the famous ba- ball player right now, who is playing, who has uh, his most famous fetish is that no matter where he is, he may be out in the bullpen, any place, maybe in the outfield, at the end of the inning when they change sides, he runs over and tags third base. Even if he has to come all the way back and run into the dugout. Now, why does he do this? Well, I can only tell you he hit 324 one year. When did you hit 324 last? Smart guy. Laughing out there. Yeah, it's all, it, believe me, it's all the 195 hitters that are laughing at this stuff. Hmm, that's right. It's all the guys that are working a second assistant file clerk for 38 years in this place, where they don't even let file clerks eat lunch. You know, they don't even give them a water cooler. They give them hot water with rust in it. And you're sitting out there laughing. You know why? Because you've already cast the die. You step on cracks and everything. Ridiculous. And this kid writes me this letter. See, and he says, Shepard, I don't know what I'm going to do. He says, I got this letter. Dear friend. He says, here's a wonderful twofold opportunity to you. An unusual chance to do a thoughtful favor, perhaps, for a special friend or a loved one. Now, a kid in high school doesn't have a loved one. Listen, I've been working for years, and I don't even have no loved one. Crying out, I, I, whenever I think the, of the term "loved one," I always think of these all these lilies. I do. I think of, of these lilies, and I think of somebody playing the organ. Da 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 da. Well, if you have a loved one, you can at the same time receive absolutely free a beautiful three-color ballpoint pen, pictured above. If you answer by the date on the enclosed slip, this kid's going to get a three-color ballpoint pen if he answers the question. And it goes on to say, it occurs to me that you must have many friends and neighbors who, like yourself, don't drink. The kid says, how do they know I don't drink? What do you mean, don't drink? He says, they are probably already familiar with the fact that this company, by excluding all of those who drink, offers total abstainers substantial savings over... Other plans with comparable benefits. And he says, you know, I opened up this thing. And he says, I don't don't want to tell you, Shep. He says, I'd stopped by the Bluebird on the way back from school. And he says, I was pie-eyed, yelling and hollering. And he says, I knocked over the ferns. And he says, I came in, I read this thing. And he says, and they give you a little thing that uh, you carry around that says, I do not drink. How would you like a ball pen that says that? I am a good person. I have a pure soul. I suspect eventually companies are going to compile lists of guys who don't like girls. You know, they'll get a little white pen that says, I don't like girls. I am a good risk. Now, you know, it's it's always guys that know chicks that get murdered. You know, I am a good security risk, yeah. Or guys that, uh, say, for example, uh, guys that smoke cigars and don't smoke, you know, cigarettes. They're going to run, and they're going to get. Oh yes, and I, I think eventually they're going to compile a list of guys that don't swear. You see, because this is obviously a better insurance risk. I mean, if you swear, you're liable get your mouth bashed in. Oh boy! <laughs> oh yes, indeed. I know a lot of swearers that keep, you know, they keep getting the back of their head bumped, and uh, and and uh, they're going to probably compile a list of guys who uh, stay away from crowds. That's also a better risk for an insurance company. In fact, I think about the best risk for an insurance company is a hermit who is a total abstainer, who lives in a cave somewhere in the north of Finland, someplace, and eats only rye crisp uh, twice a month, maybe. And he eats a lot of wheat germ and has a clean colon. I think this guy's a good risk. Yes, sirree. Uh, So would you please give me a little more of that salute music out there? We want to salute all of you who uh, are good risks. Yes, sir. Did I ever tell you about the time that I received as a gift, friends? As a gift? A lifetime subscription to this famous magazine. A lifetime subscription to this magazine. And I can't tell you how happy I was to get it. It was a monthly, lifetime subscription. Well, seven weeks ago, I got a letter from the company saying they were canceling it. Do they know something? Are they onto something? What is out there in that darkness? With all them guys running around with the sticks, with the skulls on the end, uh, burning the incense. Squirting water in the air. You know, weaving flowers at the little garlands that you wear on the top of your head. Wouldn't you like to wear a laurel wreath just once? A laurel wreath made out of leaves, stick it on the top of your head. It says, Winter your... A magnificent human being who went all the way. Did I ever tell you about the time that I used to be a shot putter in high school? Yeah, I put the shot. And uh, yeah, there were me and another guy, me and Jack Martin, were the shot putters. We were the great shot putters on the team. And every night after school, we would go out and we would practice with this little eight pound BB that they use in high school. You know. You go, and Mr. Burris, our coach, would show us the form. You know, you stand, there, you go, ooh ooh ooh, you make the big circle. You know, pick up one foot, ooh, ooh like that. See, all form and we got so that we could put the shot maybe eight nine ten feet you know we could throw that thing out but so we're going to all these track meets shepard is now running number two you know among all the eighth grade shot putters jack martin is right behind me we're throwing that little eight pound bb and one day we have this big track meet the big one you notice the big yearly track meet with this terrible rival of See, and i am standing there with the shot put and this kid that I knew for years, Alec Josway, he comes up behind me, and I'm ready to shoot, the, the, you know, the put, the, the shot with the thing. And he says, here, give me that thing. I want to, well, what do you do? And I says, well, you put it out. It's a shot put. You hold your hand out like this. And this was a little skinny kid that ran the 220, you know. And he says, I always wanted to try one of these things. you mind if I throw this thing? And I says, no, Al, you don't throw it. You put it in the palm of the hand. You put my, He's skimmy it. And he grabbed that son of a gun and threw it 49 feet. He wound up, he just threw it. And that ball, you know, flew out there. He broke all existing grade school records for all grade school kids going back to Abraham Lincoln. He never stepped on no cracks. That kid, I'll tell you that. This guy never made any snotty remarks when he walked under, under any of those ladders. He knew what he was doing. And you better know what you're doing or else friend. This is WOR Radio, your station for news. Ladies, is your husband an aerospace engineer? Are you anxious to see him